Inside the Game, brought to you by FlexCoach and FlexCoach VR. Hey, everybody. It's Chris Riley here on Inside the Game, brought to you by FlexCoach and FlexCoach VR. This is segment five with Mike Sullivan, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. What should a college player look for? Like, what did you look for in your son? You know, your son didn't play Division One hockey, but what do you look for in a college program for your athlete? What should what are some key points and some key factors you should look at? Well, I, I think this in similar circumstances, you know, like my son, my son, Matt played at Bowdoin College, right in the mm -hmm. NESCAC division. They're small Ivies. They're some of the best colleges in the country. Um, real competitive hockey, Division three hockey, uh, but very competitive, great academic institutions. So. You know, my son was probably a bubble division one guy. He might have been able to, he could have played a couple more years of junior hockey and potentially played at a division one level in some way, shape or form. But the first thing you need to answer is, is what, what are your priorities? What do you value? You know, and when, when my wife and I spoke with my son and went through the experience, you know, he knows, and, and, and this is part of my responsibility as a parent. This is what I, this is what I say to people all the time. My son's worried about the next four years, but I'm worried about the next 40 years. Right? <laughs> I want my son when he graduates four years from now to be in the best possible position to give him an opportunity to succeed in life. And he's probably not going to uh, make a living in the NHL. Even if they play in the NHL, how many of them can just retire and rest on the money they made in the time it's a small very, it's a very few. <laughs> I yeah. played 11 or 12 years. I couldn't retire. I couldn't live on the money I made. I made decent money, but I wasn't getting rich. So there's a lot of motivation. But so for me as a parent, I'm worried about the next 40 years, not yeah. 40, right? And that's part of the discussion that you need to have, I think, with your son or your daughter. And so, and once again, you're looking for the experience. What's the fit? You know, do you like the atmosphere of the, of the college or the university? You know, does the academics match, uh, you know, your aspirations? Uh, how, what is your, the coaching staff that you're going to play for? Do you, do you, can you see yourself succeeding in that, in that environment, right? Every coaching staff is going to create a different environment when they, when they're, uh, when, when you, when you go to the rink every day, what's that environment look like? Do you, can you see yourself in that environment? So, you know, all of those questions, I think you need to try to answer. We're talking with Mike Sullivan here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Um, let's kind of shift gears, have a line change here. Currently, right now, there's you, David Quinn, and John Hines coaching in the NHL. You have three guys from BU. It's highly unusual to see that. Um, what was it that, or what did Jack do that he was able to foster such an environment to see three of you guys right now as head coaches in the NHL? It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it really is. I, you know, I give Jack a lot of credit. I think, uh, I, I just think he was a great teacher. Uh, we all learned the game from Jack and, uh, and that's really where I think our convictions or our fundamental beliefs on, on how to play the game, probably, uh, those are the roots of it. We're at BU, right. And, uh, Quinny and I were teammates yep. at BU. Heinz is a little bit younger than us. So we, but, but obviously, you know, we have a good friendship through our, our affiliation with BU and, and now coaching in the NHL. But, uh, but these guys are smart guys and good coaches. But Jack had a huge influence on us. And, and I'm sure the seeds were sown 
uh, during that time at BU. I can't put words into their mouth, but I can speak for me personally. And uh, there's no question in my mind that, um, you know, that the thought of coaching uh, started for me when I was at BU and watching Jack and how he interacted with us. Okay, now we're going to go a little different direction here. I did some research on you, and, and uh -oh. I noticed your wife, your wife is an outstanding, I hear, preparer of seafood. And I, I, I would like to know, I mean, I heard she gets her license to go clamming in the summers up there on the South Shore. Um, I'd like to know, what is her go-to meal for you uh, that you just, you know, if you had a bad day or, you, you know, you just you, something she gives you for dinner, you're like, oh, my God, thank you. I just appreciate this so much. What oh, is her one? There's, there's too many of them. She's, uh, <laughs> she's so good. Also hosted, I, I found she also hosts her own show. Uh, on PBS. I found that out as well. So <laughs> yeah, she's a great cook. She, uh, she researches uh, a lot of it and it's just one of her passions, you know, and uh, she's terrific with seafood. Uh, she makes great uh, lobster rolls. They're warm <laughs> lobster rolls of that. Uh, but New England she, style. <laughs> yeah. 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 She, uh, but she, she does get her clamming license. She clams and she does different things with the clams, you know, like, uh, she might, uh, she always makes a chowder that's uh, spectacular, but, um, you know, she'll use some of it. She'll put it over linguine and things of that nature with like a white wine sauce or, or a Parmesan cream sauce, or she mixes it up pretty good, but it's, uh, I'm fortunate. To, to, uh, <laughs> I always, look, I always look forward to dinner time. Let's just put it that way. Has she made anything for the guys? on the penguins has she made anything you brought to, to work and said, Hey guys, you know, my wife uh, made this, you yeah, know, she's made different stuff, mostly for the coaches. Uh, yeah. but like once in a while, if a boy, you know, some of our players, sometimes when they get injured, she'll make, uh, she'll make like brownies or things like that. <laughs> some sort of a dessert that, uh, she makes a, uh, she makes a white chocolate bit, bread pudding that Jacques Martin, one of my, <laughs> uh, he loves bread pudding and she makes an unbelievable white chocolate bread pudding. That's one of our favorites. So I'm wondering if there's a, there's a bigger role for her someday to have her own cooking show or her own home show to uh, put on TV to I kind could, of highlight everything. It'd be, uh, it, would, it would be awesome. She'd never run out of material. I'll tell you I, that. That's good. This is one thing I found very unique. You play the piano. I found that out. Well, and play is a liberal term. Okay. You know? <laughs> I, I enjoy the piano. I'm not sure I play it. I mean, I, I had I had done some research. Uh, your children had said you play the piano as a release or just for fun. I do have to ask: Can you play "Piano Man" from Billy Joel? Uh, yes, I can. You can. Uh, I can. I can play the piano, man. I learned it a couple of years ago. Uh, I love it. I love the piano. Uh, my wife and I just bought one actually for our house here in Duxbury. It's a beautiful uh, piano that we just bought. My son, Matt, plays as well. He plays a guitar and a piano and he teaches himself. He can play like songs from Queen, like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and songs like that, that are that are unreal. But uh, he plays a lot of Elton John songs. And, you know, we, we try to uh, we try to help each other get better at it. But uh but I do enjoy it. I can play. I love Irish music. So okay. Yeah. I, well, I've, got, I, it's... I've got a pretty good repertoire of Irish songs <laughs> that I can play. So when we have family parties and my, my brother <laughs> come over, you know, we can, it's part of our DNA. You know, we have a pint of Guinness and we sing some Irish songs and it's, uh, and it's a whole lot of fun, but I do enjoy it. How, would you, let me ask you this. If there's a piano in a lobby of a hotel, you're traveling on the road, 
would you go over and play for the guys? No chance. <laughs> no chance. But I will, I will tell you this. I have at times, usually on the, um, on the floor of the hotel where they have like all the ballrooms and things like that, mm-hmm. usually you can find a piano stashed in a corner yep. where, nobody, where nobody's around. And I go looking for those pianos sometimes when I've got a little bit of downtime on the road. If I come back from dinner before I go to bed, sometimes I'll go, I'll go to that floor and I'll look for a piano with, if, as long as there's nobody there, if there's one person there, there's no chance. (laughs) What's one piece of advice that's been given to you? Who's given it to you? And what have you been able to pass on to your players by that piece of advice? Oh, one piece of advice. I think, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's probably a commonsensical piece of advice, but it's, I think it's appropriate. And, um, and I've received it by many, many people, starting with my parents. Um, but, you know, once again, I'll point to Coach Parker when I was at BU, and I share it with the players all the time. We have a phrase in Pittsburgh we say, let's control the controllables, right? Let's control, let's control what we can and not worry about what we can't. And, uh, and so uh, I use that phrase with our guys a lot. And, uh, and, and I think, I think it's an important aspect of, you know, of, uh, of achieving success or just striving for excellence, right? You can get caught up in a lot of things in the busy work of, uh, you know, of life and you can get caught up in certain things that you have no control over. Right. And, and so I, I just think it's really, it's really appropriate, simple advice on any endeavor in any walk of life, control the controllables, focus on what you can control and don't worry about what you can't. What's one thing that you learn from failure? Well, the one thing I learned is, is that it's, uh, it's temporary. It's temporary. You know, I, I think, and, and, you know, failure is a strong word because succeeding is, succeeding is, is hard, right? There's only one winner at the end of the season every year. And, uh, but the way I look at it is it doesn't necessarily mean you fail, right? Like sometimes, like I tell my players all the time, we have some nights when we play really well. And, uh, and we don't win. Well, we didn't really fail, right? Like I say to the guys all the time, we didn't win. We just ran out of time. It was just one of those nights, you know? There were some nights when if we don't control the controllables and we beat ourselves, that's a different story. That, that, might, be the, that might be the definition of failure, right? Is not controlling what you can to have success. But I think as long as, you're, as, long as your intent and your, and your focus is in the right spot, um, you know, for me, it's it, failures temporary. It's, it, it's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity and probably a necessary opportunity for someone to, uh, to grow and develop. You know, we probably learn a lot more from our failures than we do our successes. And we've had conversations in Pittsburgh, you know, especially after winning back-to-back cups was, you know, my next conversation that next year was, okay, you know, how do we handle success? Right. Mm. When we first, when I first joined you guys in 2015, you know, we were in a tough spot. We were vulnerable. We were a fragile group. Right. 
And in some instances, when you're backed in a corner like that, um, it's, uh, it's easier to handle that type of situation than it is to handle success because, you know, success breeds complacency sometimes and you got to be vigilant. It's human nature. So, you know, you got to make sure you guard against that, you know, complacency in sports just doesn't go, you know, it's, uh, so we're always trying to push the envelope. We're always trying to raise the bar. We're always trying to improve and get better. You don't ever arrive, right? You just evolve, you evolve. And, and I think that's, I think that's an important aspect, but for me, you know, failure is, is temporary and it's an opportunity if you use it the right way. Well, I want to thank you for coming on Inside the Game today with your insights and your stories. They were great, and, but I also really appreciate your time. I want to thank you very much, Mike Sullivan. I wish you all the best, and I hope we get back to the rink soon. I'm hoping yeah. that the season starts some point because everyone's hoping and praying that we have some hockey at some point. So thank I'm you very much. You. It's my pleasure, Chris, and uh, I look forward to seeing everybody at the rink here. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's going to be sooner than later. It's great. It's Mike Sullivan, head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. I'm Chris Riley. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. <laughs>